and welcome to episode two of the Ardent Run Club. I'm Tommy, I'm your host, and today we've got two very special guests. They're two runners, two young runners from the UK, coached by David Lowe's, specializing in the middle and long distance events. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Joe and Scott Armstrong. Lads, how are you doing? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Doing, uh, yeah I'm right. doing well, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Good, good. Surviving. Yeah, surviving in this tough season. Yeah. Season, yeah, it's not even a season, though, is it? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So David was telling me um, last last time we spoke that you guys are doing some sort of like some weird training schedule where it's like a competition between everybody. How's that going? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, David set up this kind of virtual handicap system. So every yeah. Saturday, obviously, usually be a normal session for us. Um, he sets us a different challenge. So we start off with a 10-minute challenge and then move to a five-minute. And then Saturday gone was a two- and a one-minute challenge. Um, yeah. And from that, David kind of sets up a little handicap within the group. So some of the younger ones who don't get as far next time have a bit of a head start on us. Um, and it's all to do just to keep it competitive um, while we can't train together. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good idea. I've seen a lot of it through the UK, people doing virtual 5Ks, virtual challenges. Um, it's just something within the group that David set up that yeah. um, has received a lot of interest, actually. I think he's had a lot of people reaching out to him, asking for some advice and tips. But yeah, no, it's good. It keeps, keeps on our toes. That's so good. Yeah, so um, before we actually get into stuff and all the yeah. good stuff about training and racing and all of that that everybody wants to know about, Firstly, just a little bit of background information on you guys. Where exactly are you guys from? Uh, we are from Framlower in Durham. Durham. <laughs> Not many people know where that is, though. So, um, Well, we know where Durham yeah, is. Yeah, Durham's sort of, what, 15, 15 miles away from, from Newcastle. Um, yeah. Yeah, south of Newcastle. So. Yeah, lovely space. Um, and Joe, how much older than you are, Scott? Sorry, that didn't make any sense. How much older <laughs> than Scott are you? <laughs> really like that. Yeah. No, I'm two years older than Scott. I'm 22. He's 20. Um, but there's only one school year. So we're both actually at Durham Uni. Um, I'm that. doing my master's and Scott's just about finishing up on his final year. So That's fantastic. just under two years between us. Great. And then I guess the question that everybody really wants to know is who's faster? <laughs> I knew this was going to get it's funny, we get asked this a lot, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's not really like something we can answer with a, with a straight answer. Yeah. Um, Scott specialises kind of 800, but he's had kind of a background in sprints. He's moved right the way up from 200, 400, only the yeah. last few years doing it. Whereas I was... 5Ks now, well, well, not just days, 5Ks as well. Yeah, I'm kind of 1500, 5K based, yeah. but so probably the 800's the only real race we get to compete. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that's not like a big ground between us both. Um, I've only done one 1500 before and that was last year and um, I, was, I was really confident going into it. I thought like, not confident as in like I was going to absolutely smash it. Yeah. But confident I'd do myself like justice. Uh, that turned out not really to be the case <laughs> compared to, like, to my 800 time. Yeah. Um, oh. So yeah, any, anything between, so, well, only 800 to be honest would yeah. be like sort of competitive, but I'd back yeah. myself over anything below 800. But you're younger, you've got time to build that endurance. Yeah, that's so the thing. That's true. Work so basically, what Joe is saying is that Scott's going to be faster. Yeah. When it's all said and done. Gee, that's no, it now. No doubt about it. Endurance, but honestly, if we race over 400, he's going to have me nine times out of 10. But over 1500, 5K, 
you should never beat me. It's just that 800 to <laughs> one. Uh, I love it. I love that. That's so good, guys. But yeah, um, speaking of all of that, so you said that, Scott, you said you came up from, from the sprints. How long have yeah. you, what, what really got you into running and how long have you been doing it for? Um, well, I was thinking about this in preparation for coming on here and having a chat, but um, literally, so you said like when, when I got into running, like my first memory of running, it was in like, it was like an infant school and our playground just to be like next to the road. Um, and literally a game that we used to do was just like race the cars that used to go by the road. Yeah. So that used to be like a group of us like flying up and down. And so that's my, my, my first memory and just like, that's literally just enjoyment. Um, yeah. Then obviously you, you get older and stuff and you start like competing and stuff like that. Um, and I've just sort of always enjoyed it. I like the training. Um, maybe, maybe about four years ago, I started like training properly for like 800 Jeez. and distance and stuff like that. Obviously, yeah, say- just after that. It's always coming from school. You kind of, yeah. as with any good sports person, not just runner, you kind of find out going through school, you could be better than other people. You think, oh, I might be quite good at this. Yeah. Um, and it just happens naturally, you know. Um, but fair. our parents are both PE teachers. My dad used to run competitively. So it's kind of always been in our, in our family to be competitive. Um, Very good. And it just happened naturally, really. Yeah. It's yeah. never, it's never like just being running as well. Obviously, there's been different sports. Um, so like we used to play football like loads. Um, football. Yeah, but I guess it's sort of, we, have, we like the aspect of being in control completely. Obviously, like football, you rely on your teammates and stuff. Yeah. And there's nothing better than being able to come on, get out for a run. Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. That's that's so true. It's lovely, especially this time of year. Um, although we can't really be out as much. But where I'm right now, down south, it's so sunny, so warm, and it's just, it's good to get out there. Yeah, exactly. I was out, I was out for a today, and you can sort of see the leaves coming on the trees and stuff now, like the trees blossoming, you're running along, you're like, oh, this is quite nice. Good stuff, yeah. Man, that's so good, because I was thinking, actually, um, I was going to I was gonna say, when did you realise you were actually good? But you touched on it there, Joe, saying that you kind of, like, when you're coming up through school, you kind of just know, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you know, you know. If you know, you know, yeah. But no, it's seriously though, when you're going through primary school and you're doing the, at, at that age, nobody really knows mm-hmm. if you're going to be any good at things, you know. You can yeah. reflect on how good your parents are and you might be genetically kind of better than other people. But when you're in cross countries at that age and you're always expected to do well once you win the first one, yeah. it just snowballs from there, really. I think an important so, thing to add though, just because you're not good at it, it doesn't mean that, like, oh, do you know what I mean? That, like, I can't do that. Absolutely. Like, just because you're not good at it, you can still get like the same amount of enjoyment out of someone who is good at it. Maybe not on a competitive level, but yeah, on like a personal level, you can see like progression and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah and I think that's the same as well. We'll touch on it probably over the next how long speaking. You don't necessarily start at the very top. Um, something that we've always been taught is to your best running wants to be through your twenties. You know, there's a lot of talent the junior athletes who win anywhere from 16 to 20 and then just fade and disappear. We've always been told there's a time to run well and it's through, the, through your 20s really. Yeah. Um, kind of the age we're at now and thankfully it's uh, paying off at the minute but we'll get into all that I'm sure. Good stuff guys. And so talking about it paying off right now, yeah. can you take me through what a standard race day for you guys looks like? So if we start with you Joe, um, let's say you've got have you done the Great North Run before? I haven't. Is that too far for you? 
It's not well, certainly not too far. It's funny, <laughs> we always get after it. It's only up the road from us, uh, the Great North Run. And yeah. uh, I've been to Waterloo a couple of times. Mm. And people say, oh, why don't you do it? It's because, yeah, I could run a half marathon. I could probably do it pretty well. But when you're younger, you want to specialise over the shorter distances yeah. and gradually move up to that. Uh, good point. Uh, but in terms of race day prep, every, every event's different, really. Mm. Um, if it's on the morning, if it's on the night. But kind of standard race day for me say we're doing a kind of 5k my last race was a 5k in an evening just keep it light through the day you don't want to be doing much moving around um maybe a walk to stretch out in the morning um food just something that you agree with pasta get the energy on board and it's only the real two or one hour before the race you really want to zone in because i yeah. think a lot of people kind of too worked up especially if the race is on an evening um they can kind of get themselves almost too psyched out um, so it's that real kind of hour before you really want to go in the zone. But yeah, every race day is different. It really depends on the event, where you're traveling to. Again, travel. My mm. last race was in Northern Ireland. We had to take a plane there and stay overnight. Um, other races might be five minutes down the road. So it all depends, really. No kind of one prep that we have. It's got to be adaptable. What about for you, uh, Scott? Yeah, pr pretty much similar. Um, there's not... It's not one sort of race day that's, that's, that's the same. Yeah. Because obviously, you can, you can, if you go to championships, let's say you might do a heat in a semi final or a heat in a final in, in the same day. Um, or you might have, a, have like a, a BMC where you're just peaking for like one moment uh, in the day. But food is, a, is an important thing because um, as well, people get like nervous and stuff. So they might not want to eat, but you need to fuel yeah. yourself. So just like taking the time to relax. Um, I think it comes with experience as well. I mean, I've, yeah. I've been doing this for quite a while. Even though I'm 22, yeah. I've been running competitively for maybe 10 or 12 years. So for, for someone like yourself to ask me, like, it's kind of second nature. But I guess yeah. for a lot yeah. of younger people, those questions are out there, like, what do I do in this circumstance? Yeah. Um, and that's why I think you really need a good coaching setup. Somebody yeah. has been there and done it. Um, obviously, we've got that. Um, and I know there is a lot of good coaches in the UK. Yeah. Um, but it's really finding something that works for you. And I, li I like sure. how you say that because what what I don't race competitively. I just run by myself and then do a park run on a Saturday. So I'm obviously nowhere near your your guys' levels. But when when I'm looking at like I haven't done a long distance race before. But if I were to do it because I signed up for the Great North Run this year, I look at it yeah. like okay, I've been told to like not eat something that I usually wouldn't eat or wear the same yeah. sort of trainers that I usually wear when I'm running or yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. Like, and it, it can become like some sort of pressure, but you guys seem like you do well to take that pressure off yourself and just chill out with it. It's funny. It's one of the only things really that you say yourself, just in terms of park running, right up to people who are Olympic standard athletes. It's one of those things that everyone, everything's the same. Um, you still got to eat. You still got to get yourself mentally prepared. Yeah. Um, just because you're kind of a different standard doesn't make it any different and I've really emphasized it's just kind of find out what works for you and that, that happens through time experience uh, yeah. sometimes it's trial and error but yeah. really re reflect on what works realize yeah this works for me and repeat it it's as simple yeah, that, as that really that's an important bit like because obviously you're saying you're running throughout the week just you'll know what works for you throughout the week so just keep it simple but exactly the same like if you've had a coffee, have a coffee. Don't, if you, even if you've had like a chocolate bar, have a chocolate bar. If it works, it works. You know. Yeah. 
don't like stress out about it too much because then if you stress out about it in your head like realistically like your mental state is just as important as your physical state if yeah. you go to a risk like thinking about those different things rather than just what i need to do then you're probably not going to perform as well as you should be well said and so speaking of races what is your what are each of your favorite races to to compete in i know we kind of touched on scott saying the 800 is that would you say that's your go-to or yeah that, like... yeah that's that's definitely the one that i target the most um so like i train in the winter for the track season and then in the track season i do 800s predominantly mm -hmm. um I'll, I'll dip down to a 400 to speed my legs up or i'll go up to a 15 to see where i'm at and, and other stuff but I do quite like 5k as well. You like the 5k? <laughs> yeah, I like a good 5k. Scotty Newton. Like, I say this now, I like a 5k, and then I get maybe about 4k into it, and I'm like, I don't like 5k's. <laughs> I think that's the case with everybody. Yeah, all right. <laughs> what about you, Joe? If my hamstrings didn't burn so much, I'd actually yeah. enjoy them a bit more. As well, being, coming from like an 800 sort of background, you tend to uh, get a bit carried away with yourself. like. Like especially you do start too fast. Yeah, like especially so if, I, if I'm training, if I'm training with Joe and, and like we're up and training together and stuff, and then we come to like five k rest, I'm like, yeah, I, I can keep up with Joe. That's fine. And then like you just can't, and you just get a bit carried away <laughs> yourself, you get a bit tired. But I, I do like if I pick it well, I do enjoy five k. You forget that sometimes in races you don't actually have recoveries in training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, true. Isn't it about five k? You can sort of get into a rhythm, work into it, and then. Uh, and then sort of kick on from there, like. So what's your 5K time score? Your PB? Now he's been saying all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love 5K. 5K. I run 16 on 16? <laughs> um, yeah, 16 on 4, but it's so annoying because I, um, but to be fair, was, back uh, yeah, I right, I've been really unfortunate to be fair because I was injured um, in, I think it was like February, mid-February to March, late January even. Yeah. Um, just at a time where I was going to be doing some races, a 5k being one. Um, so I've only had one one chance to do a 5k, and that was in early December, and it was on a long course. So 16:04. It says for 5k, but it, it was long. Like, all right. To be fair, that's still really quick, though. That's still really quick. I think that Scott can probably yeah. run somewhere near 15 and 16. It's yeah. just that experience of the race day. Yeah. Still learning. Um, that's what I like. I like the challenge. I like. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really do that much. So it just goes to show as well. Though, you've been running for a long time, and you still haven't got it in terms yeah, of that's you true, haven't yeah. nailed the race there at all. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> 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 dig that? No. <laughs> what about you? What about <laughs> you, Joe? Um, in terms of five k, what what's your time? Yeah, my five k PB was only uh, it was my last race. It was the middle of February. Um, I ran fourteen nineteen over an hour mark. Um, and that was that was literally my last race, you know. I was looking forward to building on that, but obviously yeah. the current situation haven't had a chance just yet. Man, you guys are like that's. I know you were trying to downplay your not even trying to downplay your time, Scott. But for someone like me and just your standard runner, sixteen oh five is so quick. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, do. <laughs> I think I think um, at times we. Like someone like yourself, because you're so used to running so quickly, it just seems like, ah, oh, I just ran 16.05, like it's not that special. But 
when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, and I know you're not comparing yourself to the likes of me, who only runs a 20-minute, 48-second 5K. Like, yeah. when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, you are, it's like, wow, this is some serious athlete here. This guy is definitely about to do something sick. So Yeah, well, you do, you do kind of get caught up in a bit, because especially now, like, my friends, like, I think everyone's got Strava now, so, like, my friends are, like, going out for runs and stuff. And yeah. You sort of like take a step back and realize you're like it's actually like not that bad to be fair but in, yeah. in context of athletics you know it's, it's yeah you're still reaching like, for your goals though you're still going for your goals absolutely yeah that's good and so um the next question i really want to ask is what has been your worst race like if you think back to a time where it just went wrong and what went wrong there and why did it go wrong and then how did you learn on, and capitalize on that for the future do you want to say that well i've, I've got one straight sure. away in my head that i know i know my answer yeah um so last august um i went down to manchester to run a 800 in the bmc um i think it was a grand prix um one of the last races of the season, so like you sort of like building up, you've got you've got the speed in your legs and stuff. It was your last race of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so like you kind of want to go out with a bang. Yeah. But I went out with a bit of a different bang because I got 400 meters in. The guy in front of me just like stopped basically. Um, I ran into the back of him, and I fell. Um, yeah, and my shoulders sort of like took my, all my weight, especially if you're running at speed as well. Like if you fall off, like fall off a bike or like you know it's speed it's, it's adds to the weight i guess yeah um so like I was, at the time i was disappointed that i didn't finish and i couldn't obviously perform well but then was that what your hands got the guy who stopped you didn't just stop for no reason you you, you kind of pulled him injured <laughs> and when you're in an 800 it's kind of yeah, yeah. Tight. it's one of those things that yeah can, you can but at the time it. i thought I was, I was just disappointed because i didn't get to finish and get didn't get to run a good time but i actually like torn like quite a few ligaments uh in my yeah. shoulder like quite badly it was between our like grades two and three tear um so yeah i couldn't move my my arm for like four weeks so so that was could, really good could you learn something from that at all or is that just an unfortunate experience i, I couldn't i couldn't you can't i think that you just go sometimes accept certain things happen not necessarily for a reason and you just you can't dwell too much on what goes wrong you know i've had plenty of poor performances along the road and I think that if people dwell on them too long, it can kind of, it's a bit of a waste of time. Yeah, you've got to learn from history, otherwise you're going to repeat mistakes. Yeah. But the more time you spend dwelling on negative experiences, the less time you can actually spend looking forward in terms of a positive mindset. Mm. Um, and sometimes, I mean, when I was younger, I was probably, well, very critical of myself in terms of if I thought I'd done uh, poorly in a race. Yeah. Whereas now you kind of just learn it's not the end of the world. There's, there is always another race. Um, and sometimes you you will have a bad performance, but you've got to understand as well that nine times out of ten, you are going to get uh, a good performance in as long as you stick to well, kind of believing in yourself and what you do. Yeah. Because uh, if you don't have that, well, then you're not going to get far. Ah, well said. And so you sound like you've had enough, a lot of. Well, not a lot, but you sound like you've had some bad experiences to be able to get to that place where you're just like, you know what? It's just, it is what it is. Yeah, I can yeah. get better next time. So what? I'd like what what's on. the biggest thing you've learned from a race that didn't go well? 
I'm trying to think back to your riffs that I didn't like. I mean, well, I can name a few. No, no, well, you probably can. <laughs> I think, okay, I'm going to take one. No, I did it across country maybe two or three uh, years ago. I was thinking of one. Right. <laughs> um, I did a cross country a couple of years ago. I think it was the Northern Cross Country. Um, and I kind of mm. went into it with well, what I thought was a niggle. Um, and I probably got halfway around and my ankle was just kind of not in the shape to race. And I've travelled down to Leeds for that. Um, and I think the one thing to do is never race when you're not 100%. If you put yourself on the start line to everyone else, you are ready to go. When as in that experience, I probably wasn't ready. Um, but, you know, sometimes you get caught up in things you want to race, you want to run well. Um, and that's probably, I don't want to say the worst race I've had because I didn't finish it. But um, that's the, probably the one thing I've learned. Don't compete unless you are willing to say yeah this is me this is me 100 percent yeah otherwise you give people the chance to say well you, you've, you've disappointed yourself you failed yourself um and that's the last thing you want to do that's well said that's really good and so on the flip side of that what's the best experience what's your favorite race that you've competed in not necessarily that you've won but you might have won i don't know but what's the one that you enjoyed the most i would i would be yeah i was going to say my, my last race i did my 5k pb yeah. Um, I went in knowing that I was in good shape. Um, not necessarily over 5k, you don't think you can run a certain time, you kind of know you're in a, a time zone. Yeah. Range. yeah. Um, and everything just went right, really, on the day. We had good conditions. I should say, Armour 5k, it's like one of the best 5k's in the world. Really? Every year to get kind of top runners coming in. I think this year there was something like a world record 140 people under 15 minutes in, this, in the same race. It's pretty mad, yeah. Like for anyone who doesn't know, it's like a little. I've never been. Oh, not, well, you haven't been. Well, it's, twice. Well, it's cracked up to be. It's a little tiny like place in Ireland. Um, yeah. They do like K laps, and there's just hundreds of runners running like under 15 minutes. Yeah, there's a whole buzz about the the experience as well. You go. I mean, we fly out on the Wednesday, the rest on the Thursday night. So you've got kind of a day with people you know from running, people you know who are going to run well, and that kind of rubs off on people. And the kind of the whole buzz around the place for the, the full two days you're there is really yeah. good. It's like, kind of the environment you want to PB. Yeah. Um, and the race itself is fantastic. Apart from the start where you get like maybe 300 guys on the same start line and the, the road's not that wide. Yeah. Um, tumbles this year. Luckily, I managed to stay on my feet. Um, but yeah, Almar 5K are definitely one of the, the top races I've competed in. That's good. What about you, Scott? Um, I was just thinking, like, I'm going to actually go for a 5K as well. I am going to be a 5K runner by the end of this podcast, right? David, David will be listening yeah. later on. I want to do some 5K work, David. <laughs> um, so it was actually probably about a year ago now. Um, at the end of the winter, we sort of planned for a 5K in... Is it Barrowford? Yeah, Barrowford Podium. Yeah, Podium 5K. It's, it's another quite a good one. It's a, it's a fast, flat course. So um, I thought I'd go there, run a PB, set myself up well for the season. Um, but we were driving down and the weather just started like getting worse and worse and it started like raining like really heavily. Um, and it was, it was freezing as well. So we were still in the start line and it was literally, you couldn't have been any wetter if you got in the shower. The conditions were like horrendous. It was, there was wind everywhere. Um, but it was, I actually just really enjoyed it. 
because it's like the feeling of like you're in a pack and like you're competing against everyone else and the conditions are like awful and you yeah. sort of like dig deep just it's to challenge as well for me it was a 5k so it's not like my usual sort of distance so I was going yeah. in and I was like right this, this is different I actually really like this that's so good so many people have the opposite mentality to that like you relish in that moment but a lot of us would be like man it's raining I don't want to do that's this yeah, that, that's what I enjoyed about it as well, because like there's quite a like, few like better runners, you know, like who can run maybe like 40 minutes or something like they weren't fancying it and like I was like really fancy this. You know? I'm up for it. Yeah. yeah. So you had that mental as well. If you if you don't love what you do, then why are you doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that goes with anything, not just running. You've got to really enjoy what you do. I, um, I remember we had obviously the numbers on and the number was like stuck to like your chest because like, all the water and uh, it was so cold that like your, your quads were like frozen. It was like, but you love so that. Much. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. I love what you said there, Joe. Just at the end, that if you don't love what you're doing, what are you, what are you even doing? It's so true. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it holds true, especially with something like running, where you guys have to train so hard and cover so many miles in a week to get to a good level. And so, can you speak on that? Like, what's what's your pretty much a stat? What's a pretty much a standard week for you guys in training? Yeah, yeah it's quite similar. For the books, this year, it's probably been as similar. Like the we've done the same kind of thing. I mean, this year I've probably touched I think about high sixties. Um, I think on average about sixty mile a week. Um, but if, if often we get asked this, like, how far do you go for a run or just by people who met our friends who don't necessarily run. And it's really hard to explain that sometimes you're just running slowly between sessions and they, they try and say, well, why'd you do that? And you've got to explain that sometimes you, your body's got to recover between sessions. Um, and in terms of the actual sessions we do, why do we do kind of speed work hills? Um, but yeah, just to answer the question, 60 kind of has been this, the standard average this week, uh, this year. Yeah. But we have touched up probably near a 70 at some points, coming down in race weeks as well. But I think as well, though, there's just saying, oh, I've done 70 miles a week. Like, anyone can go out and do easy runs and make up 70 miles in a week. Yeah. It's what you do with them 70 miles or even 40 miles. It depends what you do. It depends. If you come from a faster background, if you come from a longer background, or you need to work on your weaknesses and stuff like that, merely yeah. just saying oh, I'll do fifty miles a week, like it's it's not really you can't really read much into it. Yeah, I think that it's quality over quantity. You know, I think that's something that David, as a coach, is massive on. Um, anybody can go out and run long, slow miles, but what's the point in that? Where's the quality in that? I think um, possibly there is a time and place for it. That recovery as well. You can't mm -hmm. smash yourself every session. Yeah. But that comes through the phases through the winter, you know, anytime yeah, exactly. September to December, massive kind of endurance base, then you start adding on the speed stuff. And it's, it's all a big cycle through the year. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, about 60, 65 mile a week for those who want yeah. to know. And does that change? I'm guessing that changes in the summer, probably to a bit less. Yeah, a little less. I mean, we'll see what this summer brings um yeah see if we can get any places fingers crossed yeah. we can you know because i know yeah. i've spoke to a lot of people um about the plans in terms of what what they're going to do going forward 
some people have kind of already said we're not going to plan for any track season. We're just going to go straight back into winter training, make sure we're strong for next year. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things. Like, that's fair enough if people want to do that, you know. But I think yeah. that in terms of the cycle, I just talked about going through the year. We naturally would be getting quicker to this point, and I think it helps going through that process, whether we're racing or not, um, yeah. to kind of get the body into into that rhythm um, yeah. and get used to that because we're going to do that next year, the year after that. Um, yeah. That's that's one of the most important things, like with the um, the challenges that we're doing, because it gets you like you've you've been planning for so long to sort of peak or at least change training, run faster, and then all of a sudden, if, like for obviously this reason that you can't do that, and then you just keep on doing, you sort of you just continue doing the same thing, and you don't really like yeah. move forward or anything. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, the work David's been putting in to do the the challenges and stuff is actually really beneficial. Um, because it gives you that that next step as well. Yeah, it is the competitiveness because, because no matter what you say, Scott, I've seen you checking the leaderboard. <laughs> sure, yeah, you are. There I am. You want to admit? I'm not the top. Making sure that uh, everyone. Everyone's, that's, uh, yeah, that's it's good as well. Like um, that that competitive, like that feeling, because you, you do you do sessions like every Saturday or every Wednesday or whatever, and it, it sort yeah. of becomes routine. But then. As soon as David says, all oh, right, you've got a challenge, you've got two minutes to run flat out. And then, like, I'll be sitting on Friday night and I'll be like, quite high feeling for tomorrow, Joe. He's really turning up for it. And then I wake up on, wake up on Saturday morning and I'll be like, Joe, I'm fancying it today, mind. You're going to have to run, you're going to have to get there. But yeah, we didn't, we, we should have done it together, this two minute challenge that we did the other day. And, and we did, yeah. Um, Scott wanted to run on a course that was yeah. downhill overall. No, that's <laughs> that's too Mine, mine was on a flat road, that is a lie. Scott wanted a bit of a... See, he always tries to do as much of a that is a lie. Goodness but me. But Tom Sparrow, if anyone wants to see the net yeah. downhill for Scott. Oh, that's fine. I do, I do all my... I've been doing all the challenges at the same at the same venue, but... We're pretty yeah. lucky. We've got quite a few places around here. Yeah, we are. Um, car parks. Can change things up. Yeah. Car parks and farm hills. Not bad. Lovely scenery. <laughs> and so you kind of touched on it there, but what, what does training look like in this quarantine self-isolation season that we're in right now? Um, obviously not being able to train in, in a group must be a bit frustrating, but what are the, what does it look yeah, like? We kind of are in a group because oh, yeah, we've, true. Got, we've got each other. So yeah. it's, it's not too difficult. It's not too different either. We still do the sessions at the same time on the same days. And I think it's important to keep that routine there as well. Um, most of our sessions are together. Um, mm. So we've got that bit of an advantage over other people. Um, but I think everyone's kind of in the same boat in some sense that you, you're not doing what you would be at this time of year. It's yeah. just how close yeah. can you get to what you would be doing. Yeah, well said. And um, I guess the final question I want to ask in terms of what your training looks like is, if you look back on all of your your sessions with David, with other coaches, even from the time that you began running, what is the toughest session that you've done, if you can remember? One that just had you dead at the end of it. Do you want to take it? Mm, one does spring to mind, but... Yeah, I'm just going to go for this one, actually, Joe. No, no, go on. If you, you've got an answer, I've got plenty of answers. It's well, though, it's, like, the majority of sessions are tough. Yeah. But I think it's, 
What's the one that's really put you? Yeah, what's the, as well? What's the one that's like? There's an element of enjoyment in a hard session. So uh, even if even at, like every session, if you push yourself, Come on, it's, it's going to hurt. What's put you on? You're not going to enjoy it. But um, well, no, I just didn't like doing it. To be honest, <laughs> I'm going to say it. So there's a um, there's a hill in Durham where we live, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was I think it was taking about two minutes fifty. Northern yeah. Woods. All right, yeah. It was taking about That's two good. minutes fifty, and um, it's sort of a really really st- steep hill, and then it sort of leveled off again, like flat. So you start to like ease into a bit, and then steep again. So um, you must have been going uphill for for about two and a half minutes. Um, but as well, one of the things that made it so bad, it was the ground. It would it must have been raining for about a month before the session, and I think every man and his dog had been walking on this path. It was like it was you, could, you couldn't have got any like the, a bit, I think a tractor would have made less mess on this like grass it was, it was about this thick of mud yeah. um and we did 12 reps of that and, and as well we, we were um we were sort of snaking up the hills so we're yeah. making it longer so when we just ran straight back down we weren't getting anywhere near like, obviously if you just jog the same route you'd get about five minutes rest but we were only getting about a minute so it was um it was for me what my one of my weaknesses i guess is sort of like hills yeah. Over a long period of time with short rest mm. on that sort of, on that sort of surface, that was that was pretty annoying. <laughs> Do you train hills that much though? Because um, um, obviously you focus on you focus on eight hundred squats. So would you? Yeah. Is hills really important for you? Yeah, I mean, you can think that's David Armstrong. Is <laughs> yeah. I just turn up. Just do what he says. We, we do actually do quite it's a, quite it's a, a fair point. Fair. I think hills are important at any time of year, but it's kind of when if you just say hills, what do you mean yeah. by hills? Do you mean twenty seconds or two and a half um, minutes? Like yeah. that. Um, and one of the things David does well is kind of reduce the the distance of the hill, but increase the speed as we get near the track season. Yeah. So yeah. like last week we did a, a session where I think the hill was only about what hundred meters. We're only going up for 15, 17 seconds. Whereas in the winter we could be going up kind of two minutes. Two and a half minutes, yeah, exactly. And it feels like a mountain. Yeah. Um, but hills are important, yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to go back to your question, what's the hardest session? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was a hill session. Uh, for, for me, it's some of the lactic sessions that kind of really get yeah, you on yeah. your knees. Um, I've trained with a lot of guys. Being with Durham Uni, um, there's been a lot of guys come through the uni over the years, um, who we've had the pleasure of training with. And the amount of guys that's done kind of Davis lactic sessions on the track, we have a little thing called sting in the tail. So it'll be, we'll do a normal session. David will explain the session. And we'll think we're finished. And then he'll say, right, guys, you've got a one-off flat-out rep. And it can be anywhere between 300 to kind of 600 at some points. Um, and it's those that really get to people. Uh, it, yeah. also, it really works as well. It means it kind of mimics how you feel at the end of a race. Yeah. Um, Kind of, you can pick it up when you think you're done, but it's, it's them that really put you in a, a bit of a hole for the rest of the week, really. Jeez. But it's all good stuff. Yeah. Now, David sounds yeah. like an amazing coach, and yeah, yeah, you guys are blessed yeah, to have him. Plenty of experience, personal experience as well, which, which is, I think a lot of people saw it's something valued that like he's been there and sort of done it. Um, mm. For me, you want that in a coach. A lot of people can, and that's no disrespect to these people, 
um, but a lot of people can sign up, get coaching badges, not having run. But for me, I've had yeah. so much experience of people who've been there and done what you want to do. Absolutely. Um, they kind of know. There's no kind of coaching badge you can get for that. It's kind mm -hmm. of you've got to put your times and your medals on the table in that sense. Um, that's not to say there's bad coaches out there who've been through the kind of system. But for me personally, I would always choose somebody who's been there, done it, and yeah. uh, knows the path. So good. Um, and I think in the midst of all of this, like you guys, I know that, <clears throat> Scott, you said that at the start that you started running kind of out of enjoyment. But if you're looking at it from a, a bigger point of view, like do you have running goals overall? Like are you trying to make any sort of team? And then also what, what sort of goals? I know that the season's kind of not officially cancelled this year, but we don't know what's happening. Did you have any goals for this season before we all went into lockdown? Um, I guess for me, especially over the last few years and stuff, um, sort of just getting used to like the distance and, and stuff like that, I just PBs and running as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. But again, this summer I was just want to improve my PB. Um, but you've got so much scope to improve. Yeah, you look at goals though and stuff like everyone. So I'd like to get like international bests and compete nationally and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And what about for yourself, Joe? Yeah, I mean this season, you know, actually a couple of seasons since I've had a, a track season, I've been unlucky with injuries over the last couple of years. And it's come at a point now where I'm probably in the best shape of my life and I might not get a chance to, to go ah, out and show that. On the track. It's not really wasted though, is it? Still oh like yeah, it. of course. Everything we're doing goes forward, moves forward with you. And I know a few people have said, well, if you're good enough this year, you'll be good enough next year, the year after. And that's absolutely true. Um, but in, in terms of the next few weeks and months, it was always going to be about running fast, running PBs yeah. um, and seeing what comes with that. Um, because, I, yeah, with my 5K in February, I knew I was kind of in shape to push on from where I've been in the last few years. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed we get a chance to do that, whether it's, a bit later in the season, that's fine, you know. Most yeah. people kind of aim to peak July, August anyway. Um, mm. So we'll stick to that plan and we'll see what comes. But fingers crossed, we can only we can only hope on that one. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess another deeper question will probably be, what would be one thing that you've learned about yourselves individually through running, through going through the whole process of training and getting into the routine and then even getting to race day and winning and losing. What is something you've learned about yourselves in that whole process? I would say personally, just talking about me, it's the kind of the lesson that you, you always have to believe in what you're doing. If you don't believe in what you, you're doing or the process in which you're going through, then you probably won't achieve. And that kind of stretches out to any walk in life. Um, if you've got, aims and goals you've kind of got to have a system in place that you really trust um, because at the end of the day if you don't believe in yourself then you ain't going to get very far you know you see a lot of people with mm -hmm. success with a lot of confidence you don't necessarily see people with self-doubt like kind of no real step forward achieving yeah. much but obviously yeah just it sounds cliche but believing in yourself trust what you're doing well said um, and other people's criticism kind of get in the way of that um, I would say that everything you, you do, copy my answer, you know. I've got a good answer, you know. You can just say, Yeah, I agree with you. No, I've got a different one. <laughs> so everything you do has a consequence, 
whether it be positive or negative on performance. Yeah. Um, and being able to reflect on that is just as important as actually doing the action itself. So if you've not been training particularly well, that has a consequence of you don't perform particularly well. But instead of just sort of uh, being like, that didn't happen for any particular reason. Yeah, it did, because training's not been going the way it should be, you know, you haven't put effort in and something like that. Um, so yeah, literally. That's kind of what I said, just reworded really a little bit. Everything, <laughs> being, able, being able to do something and realise why it's happened and then yeah. changing it to next. Yeah, I think we said earlier as well, if you don't learn from history, you're going to repeat it. And, you know, although you can't dwell on things, you've got, yeah. to, you've got to learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Mistake, Any, mistakes are part of the process, you know. Yeah. Nobody can be perfect. Anyone can make a mistake, but a fool makes a mistake twice. Yeah, there you go. Same mistake twice. Same mistake twice, yeah. That's really good. Wow. It's funny how... Well, it's not really funny, because I kind of get it being... Because like, I used to be a sprinter. Um, so I kind of get it from a sports point of view but it's like you wouldn't think that athletes like the cliche is athletes don't get this sort of wisdom but because of the experiences and because you actually do have to work hard you, you learn a lot from the process and that's just it's just amazing what you guys can learn from that yeah absolutely i think you learn more from the process um than the actual kind of goal itself i think a lot of people say it is the journey to where you're going that you learn more about yourself from i'd agree with that so good. Wow. I feel inspired. We'll get that sorted. <laughs> but before we before we end, I just got I wanna do I wanna do this quick fire round. Um just got some questions that I want you guys to answer real quick. We'll go yeah. Joe and Scott each question. Just wanna go yes. real quick, see what your answers okay. are just to get to know That's you a good. bit more towards the end. So, the first question is, what is a race you've always wanted to race? I would say probably, well, Great North Run we talked about before. It's a local race, um, and I definitely will do it at some point. Um, once we move up to kind of the big distances, that might be in maybe five, six, seven years' time, whatever it is, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so quite a realistic one, Armour 5K. We're going to get the PB down. Come on. Next time on here, although actually we might have a chat before next year, but yeah, on my 5k, the PB is coming down. February <laughs> next year. Yeah, it's keep your eyes on that. Definitely. All right. Where is a place you've always wanted to run? Where? Where I, I think uh, I've got a good one. I think that Kenya. Oof. I would say that I went altitude training to Front Ramon maybe two or three years ago now. And the kind of whole process of being in a kind of training camp, I went out there with uh, a good guy, I know Cameron Boyek, also yeah. a track and runner, a few GB vests. Um, we stayed out there for a good three or four weeks and kind of the kind of experience of being there at altitude. Um, and you kind of look at other places, Kenya's one, uh, Boulder, Colorado in the States, Flagstaff. Yeah. There's a lot of places like that I probably have on the bucket list, I guess. Um, in terms of places to go, well, you yeah, you stumped me with that one to be fair <laughs> because I guess anywhere Joe's just mentioned loads of hot places, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't realize that he doesn't, you know, he, he lives in Durham, he's, he's gonna get there and he's gonna be like a bit too hot to run. <laughs> um, I actually, I don't know, 
Um, where would I like to run? Yeah. What about race? Any any big race? And it, I mean, just, like, yeah, no, going from me again, I would say kind of the big marathons. If I ever move up to the, the marathon yeah. distance, the marathon majors, Berlin, Tokyo, there's loads mm. of places that have races that you really want to compete in. I'm not saying you're doing marathons anytime soon. Yeah, no, I actually have got one now. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to, I've been before, but I haven't run up it. Um, we'll have a nice run around Central Park. Lovely. In New York. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. Taking the nice skyscrapers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, next question. What we got? Next question. Cross country, road, or track? Oh, easy. I will, well, not cross country. I was going to say, um, road or track? Yeah, either or for me. Track. Anything with a nice hard flat surface. I'm, I'm good with that. Good. Who is your biggest rival? Biggest rival. <laughs> it's that guy then in the top right wearing that black t-shirt there. Is that <laughs> <off> me? <laughs> Yeah, you're joking, aren't you? you got yeah, a point yeah. as well, though. I mean, no, like literally, there's nobody really. Yeah, anyone, anyone can compete against themselves. Like you park on the light yourself. Yeah, you are the best person to compete against because you mm. are in control of how well you do. Yeah. I think as well, the guys you're training with, you race, but you, you compete more with the guys you're training with, way more than you do the people you race against. You know, I could go through a list of runners I've run against, um, but at the end of the day, it's the people turning out week in, week out. Yeah, that's going to bring you on, um, which for me includes this guy. But we've got a lot of good athletes in the group, um, and being with uni as well, we always get different ones every year. Yeah, new, new kind of recruits, so it always keeps things fresh. Yeah, awesome. so yeah, biggest rival, the guy in the mirror, and the guys you're training with. Good stuff. Now, do you guys read like running books or anything like that? Scott can't read. Scott <laughs> can't read. No, <laughs> yes, Scott can read. <laughs> Um, I've read of mice and men. No, no. <laughs> to be fair, I probably should read a lot more than I do being fourth year yeah. at uni. Um, <laughs> no, that's fair. Not, to be fair. There isn't. In terms of running book, I mean, it's not many running line books out there, is I'll it? Be honest, it's yeah. not like Harry Potter, is it? Nah, <laughs> fair. <laughs> it's like, well, why read about it when I can just run? run i guess yeah, there's no, yeah, a lot to learn i think on a serious note if i'm reading i find myself reading kind of sports or biographies and it doesn't have to be from yeah. athletes or runners it can be from other sports i think there's as much to learn from other sports and absolutely, as there is from running. absolutely. Of, uh, different lessons different uh different processes really that mm -hmm. you can incorporate mm -hmm. in your own good but, stuff yeah. you, have, you, you have read some books though like he has read some running books <laughs> I can't remember what they're called though, but there's, there's there was one actually, there was yeah. a good one, not necessarily kind of train related. It was, I think it was Running with the Kenyans, maybe four or five years ago. I read that, uh, yeah, that was a good read, I guess. If there was yeah. one, there you go, Running with the Kenyans, Running with the Kenyans. I'm gonna read yeah. that after this. Um, and after you've been for your run, as well, mind after I've been for my run, yeah, I, yeah. I'll read it whilst I'm on my run. <laughs> that wouldn't be uh, safe. Sorry, podcast. Yes, this is the this is the one, and so the next my next question is: What is your favorite documentary? Documentary. Yeah, it's funny we watched a lot, but not necessarily running documentaries. Yeah, one that kind of springs to mind would be the Sub Two with Kipchoge that came out. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would probably be the go-to for most people, I guess. Yeah, serious. Um, 
But in terms of, I don't think many there are many good running documentaries, really. Mm. Yeah, what about you? Do you know? <laughs> Uh, what would you recommend? Yeah. I like uh, what's it called, like keeping up with the younger Britons or something like that. Oh, yes, of course, actually. Yeah. Why have we not said that? Yeah, yeah, everyone That's more like a series than a documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 True. Find the links on YouTube that have got the subtitles in English. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We need to compare with it. Yeah. We only need one more. We could be our own kind of. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> man, all right. Two more questions. No, three more questions. What is your favourite race that you have seen? I'm talking about from, from like junior level all the way up to Olympics. What's your favourite race that you've watched? Favourite race. It's funny actually. Yeah, we've been quite fortunate. We've been fair. we've been to quite a few in, in person. Um, we've been to the last two World Champs to watch in London 2017 and in Doha in October just gone. Weird. Um, and that was pretty good. I mean, a lot a lot of criticism was directed at that in terms of Doha. Because apparently the first few days there wasn't many people there. We got there in the second half. Oh, when Scotty Boy was there, don't worry, the crowd was there as well. We were there for the last five nights. It was uh, pretty special. Yeah, that that's, that yeah. is. Well, do you wanna? No, I was just gonna say we got the world record. Got to see the world record for the women's uh, four hundred meter. Four hundred meter hurdles. Flipping heck! Yeah, that, that was awesome. It's always a bonus when you see the world record. Yeah. You that might have been that, my favourite event at that Olympics, man. I was screaming at that yeah, World Champs, sorry. I was screaming. Jeez. And also, it's quite a, quite a it now, but it's quite a rogue one, to be fair. Yeah. Um, probably the best one for me is the... It was, I can't even remember what I don't, it was. I don't know what he's going to say. It was, it, was, it, was, no, it was the first heat of the 1500. It was either heats or semi-finals uh, in Doha. Um, and it was... It wasn't just because a diamond league, you know, like you, you win a diamond league, obviously it's like massive and stuff, but yeah, you peak really the world championship. So all these athletes like they've got that extra sort of level of yeah. hunger. Um, and the atmosphere was just really good, and everyone was just like fighting for a position, and it was just like great. So good. Um, that 1500 was so good as well. as well. Yeah. The 1500 was final good. was amazing, I, th I think, at that world champs. I've been loving yeah. it. Yeah, well, I think probably as well because that was my first sort of that was the first event that we sort of saw. Um, mm. so obviously, oh, wow, this is this is mint. I think yeah. as well for me, I went to when the Great North Run was on, it was uh, Kennedy Sibikele won it, Mo Farah, Haile Gabriel Selassie. Yeah, uh, it was kind of the three of them. We went through to watch that and to see them guys uh, just nipping up the road in the castle, that was pretty special. That's so, but yeah, we've been pretty fortunate, we've seen a lot. That's good, man. So inspirational. And so, I know you just mentioned three athletes there, but who are your favourite athletes? Who's your favourite athlete, I should say? Of all uh, time. Yeah, mine's John and Dugas. No, go on. Alan Shearer or something. No, I was just going to say uh, mine's Sydney McLaughlin. Sydney McLaughlin? Yeah. Why, why is she your favourite? Why is she your favourite, Scott? Uh, she just runs really fast. To be fair, yeah. you had a few responses on the uh, Instagram DM. <laughs> no, no, Go she, on. She puts, she puts questions on her story sometimes. So Scott's always there. Yeah, I'll ask, I'll ask a question. But <laughs> 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 you've got a few shares. Yeah, to be fair, we always have a joke together. Like, not, not me and her, obviously, me and like, the group and stuff. Sydney, if you're listening, hit them up. Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> She's Louise. Yeah. Nah, I think for me, favourite athlete. 
It's a, it's a tough question. I like a lot of different things a lot, about a lot of different athletes. You know, you could go easily. Actually, yes. Yeah, Inga Britson's. In terms of uh, what he's done. I, I'm going to throw a curveball. I think Wade Van Nieker. Um, Wade Van Nieker, yeah. Great athlete to watch. Really good. Absolutely. Um, especially for someone who, like myself, likes the longer distances. It's not necessarily um, someone who competes over that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good. Same with Lachlan Scott, yeah? No, no, I actually <laughs> think uh, Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Yeah, Jakob Ingebrigtsen is good. Yeah. Do you like athletes from other sports as well? Are you guys like Newcastle fans? Nah, no, so, so no absolutely not. Although Joe's yeah. got Juventus stuff on. I've only got this on because it's the Palace version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the yeah. But now we're both Sunderland fans, but we'll yes. not talk too much about that. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I think finally, have you guys got any hidden talents that you want to share with the world? Nah, it's funny you say hidden. If they were hidden, there wouldn't be a uh, wouldn't be a secret, would there? I don't know. Well, not anymore, though. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what you got? I literally. Scott's a very boring guy, actually. No. Now you think about it. <laughs> actually, no, he's one. So obviously. There's no hair. There's no hairdressers or anything open. Yeah. I was going to say it does look quite fresh. Yeah, yeah. it's alright, isn't it? Yeah. Was that you? There we go. go on. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not decent, man. Man's not I'm wearing my hat because I can't. Getting, yeah. <laughs> getting <scared> mad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of people have just kind of taken a shave off, but we we looked at a bit of the YouTube too. Get on YouTube. It's, easy. it's not difficult, is it? Easy, easy. Get the kitchen scissors. Jeez. What about you, Joe? You got anything? Or are you boring? Nothing that I want to share on a podcast, Tony, put it that way. (laughs) Goodness me. All right. Um, And just to wrap it up, um, have you guys got any advice that you would love to give to anybody that's just getting into running or wants to be really good at it? Yeah, I think that in terms of just getting into running, you don't have to be good to get into running. You know, I'd love to see more people out there. in terms of just keeping fit, keeping active. Mm. But I think that you've just got to stay with it. You know, there's a lot of people every year you go January the 1st, you'll see a few people out running. And after about maybe a week, a lot of people have give up on the New Year's resolutions. Yeah. But just keep with it because a lot of time success is all to do with momentum, keeping building, keeping consistent. And just, you don't have to start by doing a marathon. You know, a lot of people say, all right, I'm going to commit to the Great North Run or the London Marathon. And they'll have never run before in their life. Um, so stick with a 5K parkrun. You know, parkrun is great. Definitely, for someone who hasn't run, get a parkrun in. Just work at your time. Keep going. Um, sure, I'm sure you'll appreciate that. Definitely. Yeah, just to add on that, just consistency. Don't go from, like, one run once a week and then just stop. But if you're actually going to do it, as well, people people go out for a run and they find it hard. Well, yeah, it's going to be hard because you, you're not used to it. Like, if you just stick in for like the first few weeks, yeah, and then you can reap benefits from from it later. Um, not only will you maybe get faster, but it'll actually feel a bit easier and you'll be able to enjoy it a bit more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's gonna if you if you're literally just starting out, you're gonna find it like difficult. No one's gonna no one's gonna say oh it's, it's gonna be easy or anything like that. It's not it's gonna be yeah. hard. 
Um, but you've got to stick with it. Now's the, the perfect time as well. Now is literally, there is no excuse. People have got no excuse to not want to try and get out of the house. Yeah, you've got no excuse. You've heard it here. Joe Armstrong said, get out of the house. <laughs> Man. Well, thank you so much, guys, for coming here today and just sharing you. your thanks. wisdom yeah, and thanks. your experiences. Yeah, yes. thanks for the... Uh, I wore the socks today on my run. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, was sure. I was like, I was like, I'm going to... I'm, I'm chatting with Tommy later, so I was like, get the socks on. Mm-hmm. So I made them spot yeah. on. Come on, that's what we love to hear. Always yeah, on. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us, um, for joining me today. And I'm sure the whole Ardent community is going to really appreciate it. What's no problem. All right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in today. This has been the Ardent Run Club podcast episode two. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a lovely rest of your day. Bye-bye.